Good day everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. I think a lot of you would know an organization called Compassion. Uh, they operate all over the world and their mission is to rescue children who, are, who live in poverty in Jesus' name. That is their mission statement. It is in their logo. And I remember watching a video um, many years ago um, of uh, actually a Korean ce Christian celebrity, uh, celebrity who is a Christian, who went um, to one of the countries that uh, Compassion Korea is active in and is uh, sponsoring lots of children. And they were interviewing one little boy. And, um, you know, he was just, he just started uh, being sponsored. And um, one thing about Compassion that I love is that they work through the local church. They don't set up new churches. Uh, they work through the local existing churches. And they were asking him, uh, you know, do you like coming to church? Because they all have to go to church to receive uh, the funding and the food and so forth. And he said, yes. And they asked him, what do you like about going to church? And he said, because it is the only time, the only place that people don't hurt me. And I remember watching that, the interview was crying, I started crying, everyone was crying, the people watching the video was crying, and it was just such a powerful and important moment that portrayed the power of the body of Christ. And people uh, and their lives are the bread and butter of our faith in God, of Christianity. And that's something we're going to see today. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. If it wasn't for church, uh, I don't think I would have a lot of friends. Um, because honestly speaking, I don't 
really like people. I don't particularly like people in general. Now, before some of you judge me and get turned off by the statement, um, I'll quickly jump to the conclusion and work my way back. Um, it is because people disappoint and, and so forth, right, and hurt you and, and so forth. But I have learned to love people because of Jesus. And um, part of the reason is that I'm a natural loner and I'm very independent. You know that phrase, no man is an island. Um, I used to beg to differ because I would, I like to think of myself as an island surrounded by an ocean and just perfectly at ease and peace with myself as an island in the middle of nowhere. Now, um, I've, so I've never had a lot of friends, but I have made friends and the, my best friends and most of them are all the people that I serve God with and have served God with as well. People who are part of the body of Christ with me. It is these people that I could not help but become friends with. And it's not always, you know, roses and kumbaya and campfires and, you know, you know just being good buddies and pals. But even with people who hurt me, I cannot simply forget and abandon or even hate them because of Jesus. And I'm always open to reconciliation and I would hope that people I have heard in the past or, you know, in the future would have that same kind of heart towards me as well because of Jesus. And this is the kind of context of today's passage and the passage is founded on. There are 12 verses in today's passage and in those 12 verses, we read about 10 individuals, some famous, like um, the writer of two synoptic gospels, Mark and Luke, and some um, mentioned nowhere else in the Bible. And then there are two groups of people mentioned specifically as well. Now, among these 10 individuals that are mentioned, three can be thought of as, um, at least in the past or in the future, in the context of today's passage, failures. And what I mean is, for example, Mark, Onesimus, Onesimus and Demas. I talked about Mark uh, about a year ago, last year, July, uh, when I was um, talking about Acts chapter 15, verses 30 to 41. Mark um, was someone that Paul refused to do ministry with because Mark had abandoned Paul and Barnabas on one of their trips. And so Paul basically said, no, he's not trustworthy. He is not worthy to do this work of mission and of God with us. But Barnabas um, disagreed. He wanted to take Mark with them and to reconcile and to build him back up again. And the, um, the argument was so great that Paul and Barnabas actually split up. They went separate ways with different people. Barnabas took Mark, Paul took someone else, and they did ministry, but in different parts uh, and opposite directions. But um, what we know uh, at the end is that Mark becomes a close co-worker of Paul. So they reconciled and Paul recognized the worth and the value of Mark as well. And um, as mentioned earlier, Mark actually ends up writing one of the Synoptic Gospels that are being read 2,000 years later and part of the scripture. Onesimus, um, who ran away as a slave from the house of Philemon, uh, also in the Bible, but after he ran away, he meets Paul and through Paul accepts Christ as Lord. Now, Paul sends Onesimus back to Philemon, you know, to reconcile. Um, and Onesimus returns willingly. And I think this shows um, growth and maturity and humility 
um, as a result of his faith in Christ. Demas uh, is described as a fellow worker in Philemon. And in today's passage, there's nothing else mentioned about him. But later in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul says that Demas loved the world, quote, uh, and has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. So two people that we know who failed in a sense, but were reconciled and restored. And one at the moment in today's passage, we don't, you know, he hasn't done anything bad, but later on we know uh, that he kind of runs away for at least a, a while. And we can see that the body helps to reconcile and restore people who fail and who disappoint, but they are still added to the body and they add to the body of Christ. Their failures don't end as failures and Paul recognizes this. And I think this is an important principle I like to think that Paul learned a lot from the way that he handled or maybe mishandled uh, the situation with Mark uh, before, and which is now one of the reasons that he wants to reconcile Onesimus to Philemon. And I also would like to think that this, was the, this is the reason that we don't read about and we don't know, but that Paul did not give up on Demas as well, even after what happened in 2 Timothy. I am totally convinced now um, that no person, uh, especially a follower of Christ, is an island by themselves. We are members of a body and we are members of each other. Even though I may not know your name, I am a member of you and you are a member of me and we build each other up and together we build the body of Christ. Like Paul, we should never lose sight that God has called us to serve Him and has called us to serve with others and to serve each other as well. And we do this with prayer, with support to reconcile and to restore each other back into the body of Christ. So today, with the reminder that we are members of a body and members of each other, there are four things that I would like us to work on. The first is cooperation and not independence or competition. The second is to pray for missions, opportunities for others and not just ourselves, other churches and organizations, not just ours. Third, to pray for mission opportunities all over the world, not just our region or the region that our church has adopted or knows about. And finally, pray that every Christian in every situation all over the world will have the wisdom and the courage of God to communicate and to boldly proclaim the gospel and to do it clearly and well so that we can add more into this body of Christ, all for the purpose of giving God glory and for the restoration of God's perfect justice on earth. So I pray that we will be working on this today and the rest of the week as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word uh, that gently reminds us, Lord, that we are not an island, that we are not alone, that we are not meant to be alone or to work alone. We thank you that we are part of the greater, holy, universal body, and that uh, as there are individual members, uh, we are members of each other, that we need each other, that we build each other up as well, Lord. So we thank you, and I pray that you will broaden our perspective and our view to the whole holy, universal church, that we can build up the church, your body, to as we proclaim the gospel wherever we are, 
with whoever we come into contact with, Lord. So we thank you for this reminder and, uh, and help us as we work on these things to build your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer.